Storehouse Dallas. Thank you. All right. Um, so I'm going to keep my own time because we're having a little issue back there. So I'm going to keep my cell phone up here. Um, so good morning. How was everybody's Thanksgiving? Wasn't it? Are all of you wearing your stretchy pants today? <laughs> I, I seriously, you know, um, it's, it's bad how much I ate. I ate so much I made myself sick. I was like, this is bad. This is like a spirit of gluttony. Go! Come back! Go! Come back! Anyway, um, yeah, so we give ourselves a little rest. We, like, rest, like, for an hour, and then we get back in the refrigerator, and more leftovers, and more pie, and so it was just a, a lot of fun being with all of our children. For those of you that don't know, John and I have an amazing um, family of seven children and um, ten grandchildren, so there's a lot of food going around and a lot of laughter, and they are all just like me, and so they're all these loud think they're really funny, <laughs> laugh at their own jokes, and we all talk over each other. You would think we're Greek, but we're not. So anyway, it's a lot of fun, but um, we're that way in this family too. Our spiritual family is the exact same way. Everybody's just hugging and up in everybody's business and having good time and doing life together. So, um, so it was good to have everybody in town, but this morning... I want to talk to you about um, being an overcomer. And, um, and I want to talk to you about, and I'm going to do a little series on this. I don't know, it may be a little, um, it may be two or three, but I haven't decided yet. But um, I really want to talk to you about how to navigate seasons of, in the wilderness. And um, one of the things that I've noticed in my life is there's two different kinds of people who... Um, will go through the wilderness, and they'll go through the wilderness in two different ways. And there are some people that will go through the wilderness as an overcomer. And then there are those that will go through the wilderness as survivors. And, um, and so I wanted to talk to you about that this morning. Um, there's a proverbial saying, and I don't know how many of you have heard this, but you know when you squeeze an orange, you should get orange juice. And when you squeeze a Christian, you should get the fruit of the Spirit. But a lot of times that isn't the case. When you put pressure on a Christian, sometimes they will manifest bad. <laughs> Like, oh, what is that? It's not the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit, this is what we should be, should come out of us when you squeeze us. It is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So, uh, so when we get, when pressure comes, and that's what the wilderness season is, um, it's just pressing down on us. There's something that should come out, and it should be Jesus, right? And, um, and so that's what we're really hoping for. A wilderness season basically is a squeeze test. The Lord is putting pressure on you because he really not, he's not saying, oh, I want to see what's on the inside of you because he already knows what's on the inside of you. He wants to make sure that you know what's on the inside of you. And if he can get it to come out, and if you're paying attention, then the good news is you get to repent and get delivered of it. So God is mining for gold. Um, the Bible says that we actually get wooed into the wilderness, which is really funny. Oh, Jehovah sneaky. 
and how he gets us to accidentally go into the wilderness. And he typically does it with a promise. He's like, okay, I am going, I want you to do this. This is a promise. Here's your destiny. Now I want you to go that way. And you're like, I've got this all mapped out in my head. I know how this is going to go and it's going to be glorious and it's going to be good. And it's just going to be like, tick, 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 tick. You know the, the, what do you call those? The roller coasters? You go up and you're like, this is so much fun. And then the floor drops out and you're like, wait, this isn't how I saw this going. Wait, what am I doing here? I thought I was going to the promised land. How did I end up in the wilderness? I'm pretty sure that David had that conversation with the Lord as well. So the Bible says that we're wooed into the wilderness, but St. John the Cross calls this the dark night of the soul. He didn't call it the dark night of the spirit. He called it the dark night of the soul. Why? Because our mind, our will, and our emotions get tested in that place of the wilderness. Because typically, when any kind of pressure comes, what's the first thing we want to do? Complain. We want to run. Because we're looking for comfort, we're looking for anything that doesn't cause any pain. And we will actually, especially Americans, avoid pain at all cost. Whatever it costs, I'm going to avoid that pain, right? But God uses pain as a great tutor to begin to show us the things that are in our own hearts. Because he is after our hearts, And John the Cross said this, that the dark night of the soul is where the mind, the will, and the emotions get tested by external circumstances that produce a greater internal union with God. So it begins to do something on the inside, and the God, what he does is he actually allows these things to happen to us, and he's usually the one deeply involved in helping to orchestrate them. And that's hard for us, because you know that old saying, why do bad things happen to good people? If I'm in the will of God, and I'm doing what you're telling me to do, and I'm being obedient to you, God, why is it all of a sudden I found myself in the wilderness? Don't you know that Job had this very same conversation with him? In the book of Job, here Job is. The word God himself is like, this is a righteous man. But yet he allowed him to be tested by Satan. Isn't that amazing? So God is going to let Satan do his dirty work. Or his actual cleaning up work. So God isn't so much trying to keep us safe and comfortable as he is trying to keep us from trying to keep us having a meaningful life or trying to keep us from having a meaningless life. He really wants value. And I can tell you just from personal experience and personal deliverance and and having been in several wilderness seasons in my life, I can tell you that while I don't want to go there, what happens is there's such a deep richness that happens in my heart. And I grow so much in love that I find that there's so much in life and the circumstances in life that'll ruffle my feathers that I spend a lot more time being content no matter what season I'm in. Amen. So uh, I I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that the name Job means repentance? 
And so the Lord was really looking to tell a story through the life of Job. And, um, and I think it's so interesting that when Job gets tested, when he goes into his wilderness season, here he is a righteous man, he loses all of his money. He loses not one, all of his children. And he, then he ends up getting boils all over his body. I mean, think about this. That's a bad day. We complain. We're like, wow, I don't know if I have enough to pay my rent. Uh, wait, look at Job, okay? So the point of this is that when these things happened to Job, what immediately happened is Job took his eyes off of God. All of his friends began to talk to him and say, okay, let's really review, let's really review, Job. What is it that you've done that brought this on yourself? Because it has to be something that you've done. You had to have done something wrong. And so he begins through like, like almost 25 chapters. He's having this conversation with these three, three friends who are supposed to be the wise people of the community, right? Well, these wise people basically end up accusing him he begins to be a reproach among his community and the people among him, they're like, look at all this bad stuff. There has to be hidden sin. There has to be something wrong. And the beauty of it is that it wasn't until God broke in and began to speak to him and he began to take his gaze off of, of, of all of the things that he did or didn't do and he began to focus on who God is that God led him to a place of repentance and the minute that he did, everything got restored back to him. So the wilderness season can be because, number one, four reasons. Number one, you're going to be pruned meaning that you're doing the right stuff. It's just, it's time for further growth. You know, he just comes along and he's going to cut off one of your arms and you're like, okay, ow, that hurt. But God is like, don't worry about it. This is going to be amazing because four are going to grow back in that spot. The second reason, which is really interesting, it can be either that you are really obedient or you've been disobedient about something. So he's like, hey, you were disobedient about this, and so therefore it took you down this road. You didn't do what I said. You're not in my will. Therefore, that, that road that you took actually goes off of a cliff. Sorry, I was trying to help you. And so it could be, it could be disobedience. Um, it could be the circumcising of the flesh. It could be these things that are in you that need to get out. And then as, as Sharon, and I encourage you to get last week's teaching, um, Sharon did a great job of just talking about deliverance and, and, and um, partnering with God uh, to, to receive his blessings. So it could be deliverance from generational curses, things that have been in your family all along, and it's become such a system of familiarity to you that you don't even realize that you operate in the same patterns and that you're functioning in the same way and you're bearing the same fruit. Because it's like grandma and grandpa was, were doing that too and, it, and you grew up under it, so it seems normal. But the Lord is putting his finger on it in the wilderness times a lot of time and he'll be like, that cannot stay because I'm looking for gold. I'm mining for gold and that right there is causing your gold not to be shiny. Amen? 
<clears throat> so through the process of the wilderness season, like I said, Job was confused about why a good God would cause bad things to happen. And again, he was going to his friends and in going to his friends, what he was looking to do is he was operating in a survivor type of mentality. And so he's looking in the earth for a reason why he's in so much pain. And he's visiting all these people and he's getting all this wisdom from man. And so he's trying to find a way out in his own strength. But there, again, is a purpose for the wilderness. And so Job, not understanding the beauty of a wilderness season and, 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 the, and the purpose of a wilderness season, of course, is looking for the exit door. The purpose of a wilderness season is actually to promote you. God uses the place of wilderness, of heartache, and when everything seems to be hemming in on you in order to promote you. And what he's saying to us is you should come out different on the other side than the way that you came in. You may come in through, uh, you know, carrying a lot of critters, but when you go out, those things better be gone. He's going to squeeze you until what comes out of you looks like him. And that's the epitome of an overcomer. There are seasons in life, not only with us in the kingdom, but there's also seasons in life with plants, with trees. So you have a tree, and what happens with a tree is that a tree is going to go through a season of the dark night of the soul. A tree is going to go through a season where it looks dead. And everything on the outside of the tree, we're entering into that season now. It looks like, have you ever seen a, in the winter, you look at a tree and you're like, there's no way a leaf is going to grow on that tree. That tree looks dead. There's no buds on that tree. It's got these gray. There's no, there's dead. Sometimes there's like leftover dead leaves on that tree. And you're thinking, how in the world is that thing ever going to bud again? But during the, the, um, this winter season, what happens is that the root system begins to go down deeper and begins to look for water. So in the, in the spring, you've got water readily available, and it's all coming from the sky. But in the winter, that water is not available as readily. So what happens is it causes the root system to go down. And the Lord does this because he's wanting that tree to grow even higher during the next spring season. But you, as a tree or as a person, will only go as high as your root system is deep. And so if he's looking to promote you so that you will become stronger, so you will become taller, so you'll begin to take over more territory, so that your heart will be fully alive in love in the season where he's about to bless you, your root system has to go looking for water. So you've got these two different scenarios. The survivors are the overcomers. And really, the time and the benefit of this wilderness season depends on which way you, you intend to go. If you're going to be a survivor, I, I caution you because it's going, to be real, it's going to be a hard wilderness season and it's not going to bear fruit. But if you're going to be an overcomer, then um, you will bear a lot of fruit. 
So let's look at the first, the survivor. Um, the word survivor means that you try to stay alive when everybody else dies. <clears throat> Do you know that God is not interested in you staying alive? He is actually really invested in you being dead. Amen. He wants dead man walking so that Christ can come alive in us. When he looks at us, he wants to see his son, not necessarily all my critters. So here's what survivors do. They hold on through the wilderness, refusing to seek God for what is happening. Again, they begin to look on the outside of the tree. They begin to look at the, and they're looking, going, why isn't this tree budding? I don't understand why this tree is budding. What, and so they begin to investigate everything that's going on in their lives, which there's a level of wisdom in this, guys, but this is not the primary thing that, a, that, uh, uh, that someone in the wilderness should be doing, okay? Number one, there are several things that they do. The first thing they do is they throw a pity party. It becomes... Has anybody heard about what's happening to me? And they begin to feel sorry for themselves, and they begin to navel gaze. So if they're always focused on the bad things that are happening to them, how can they be focused on what God is doing? Because I'll guarantee you, God is doing something in your wilderness. And so what happens is... is uh, depression and disappointment and anger and sadness will set in like deep sorrow will begin to seed into them. And so the wilderness season will start to produce bitterness instead of overcoming, instead of growth. And so it'll be a tree that's root system never looks for water. So the next season will come, and when the winds begin to blow, that tree won't have the root system in it that God needed it to have for what God knew was coming. Number two, they blame God. So they don't believe God is good, and they believe that their success is, best, uh, is based on their own efforts. They make plans without godly understanding, and they don't forget to say, okay, God, what are you doing? I'm in the wilderness. This is really painful. So I lost my job. I lost my apartment. I lost, you can just, each one of you know, you've got your list. I'm in this pain right now. And, and, and you're looking at the pain, and you're looking at the reasons for the pain. But you're not looking at God going, I really need to know what you're doing. Because I know that nothing comes near me unless it goes through your hands. Nothing touches you unless it goes through God. The enemy cannot touch you unless God gives him permission Number three, they refuse to grow because they're using all of their strength to hold on. They are the fixers and the doers. If I could just fix the problem, then the pain and the loss will go away. And number four, they're focused on outside circumstances and the surface level of the tree, trying to make the growth continue without embracing the dormancy of the winter. There is something so beautiful that happens during a wilderness season 
where you are hemmed in on every side and you can't go to the right and you can't go to the left. And so you have to be still and know that he is God. And there is a revelation that God really wants to bring you, not just with removing things in you that must go, but a revelation of the goodness of God, that he is a good father and he is in the business and more invested in in promoting you and getting you to where he needs you to go so that you'll be ready for that time. Don't you know that King David spent over 10 years in his wilderness season with the promise that he's going to be king Come on. I mean, I would have been like, I'm in the cave of Adullam. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if you haven't noticed this, but I'm hurting really bad here. I, I'm, I got uh, the, the king that's supposed to be giving me his scepter is instead chasing me with the bows and arrows and a sword. I would really like to get out of this pain. But instead, if you'll notice during the Psalms, when he's writing the Psalms, man, he's scribing these. God, I'm, I'm hurting really bad. My heart is hurting really bad. But you, God, are good. But you, God, know my cares. You know where I am. And you, God, are going to raise me up in your day and in your time. This is the God that we serve. And so the second thing that we can uh, do is we can be overcomers. And this is actually where it gets good. And the word uh, overcoming means to gain superiority over your circumstances, to gain superiority over these things. Therefore, you're going to have authority over the thing that you overcome. And so God is not only, so all of that pain and all of that, all of what you're feeling, where you feel like I'm closed in on every side. This is hurting so bad. I lost this. I lost this. I lost this. And the Lord's like, oh, I know. But wait, because everything that you're feeling and the things that are going on in your heart, I'm about to show you now. Forever, forever, you will be overcoming. You will be overcoming in that area. That that thing will never revisit you. You are taking care of business and it'll never come near you again. In each case uh, that, that, that the Lord talks about overcomers in the book of Revelation, there are rewards. And so he's saying for those who overcome, there's actually a reward. And he, so um, this is, it's really interesting because in every single time that, that Jesus, red letters, talks to the churches, he says to them, here's the thing that I have against you. And if you look at all of the different, the seven churches and how he speaks to them, he actually speaks to them systematically. And he first says, here's what I have against you, right? And he gives a list of the things that he has against them. He also says, I see all of the good things that you're doing. Don't think that all of these good things have passed me by, but I'm telling you, here are the things that are still within you that need to go. And then he says this, which I love. He says, but 
Oh, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Here's what I have against you. He says, number one, you left your first love. Number two, you followed a doctrine of demons. Number three, you're tolerating Jezebel, who is manipulation. Um, you're, you're being persecuted, and you're trusting wealth instead of trusting God. So those are some of the things he says that you've got in you that are systematically, maybe it's generational. Maybe you come from parents that trusted money instead of trusted God. Maybe you've got a poverty spirit, and your dad has it, and your grandfather father has it, that anytime money begins to shake or relationships begin to shake, what happens is that you're gripped with fear. So your response to the shaking is negative and it's, it's not the fruit of the spirit, which is going to help promote you when the shaking comes, but it's the fruit of the flesh, which is going to, which is going to damage you when the shaking comes. Hallelujah. So then he goes on and he says this. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So he's saying, those of you who press in for water during the time of dormancy, during the time of wilderness, if you will seek me, those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, those that have an eye to see what the Spirit is doing, you actually will partner with God in the wilderness. And I'm telling you, there will be massive acceleration in that place. Okay, this is what he, here's what the rewards are. There are nine rewards in the book of Revelation. Um, so to he who overcomes, I will give you, number one, permission to eat of the tree of life. And I'm not going to go into the details of all of this, but these are all really good. Permission to eat of the tree of life. Number two, receive a crown of life. Number three, access to partake in the hidden manna, which is uh, revelatory uh, uh, revelation, fresh revelation. Uh, number four, receive a white stone with a new name engraved on it. Number five, granted power over the nations. Number six, receive the morning star. Number seven, be clothed in white raiment. Number eight, become a pillar in the temple of God with the name of God, the name of the new Jerusalem and Christ's new name engraved upon you. And number nine, granted permission to sit with Christ in his throne. So these, everybody's like, oh yeah, I'll get all of that when I go to heaven. Beloved, you are in the kingdom of heaven now. These things will be visited upon you as you overcome now. This is overcoming while you're still on the earth. You will begin to participate in these things. You will begin to have authority in this way. These are the blessings from the Lord. There are steps to overcome when you find yourself in the wilderness. And this is what I love. Number one, I'm going to give you four steps. Don't y'all like this? Four steps. Number one, don't work harder when you're in the wilderness. There ain't nothing there. You can't, you can't plow in the wilderness. It's all sand. Okay, there's nothing, you cannot work in the wilderness. I'm not telling you to quit your job. What I'm telling you is that you cannot work your way out of the wilderness. So don't work harder, pray harder. This is the time, and this is what I tell people when they find themselves in a wilderness. I said, it's like you're in a car. You need to put it in reverse, and you need to back that car up into the garage. You need to get under the shadow of his wings and you need to begin to say, all right, God, what's going on? 
I'm pressing into you. I'm going to stop what I'm doing, and I'm going to take this season for prayer and fasting, and I'm going to press hard into you. And I love uh, Josh McDonald when he was here, one of my spiritual sons from IHOP. And he was talking about when he was called, the Lord had all of these promises and was saying, I'm taking you to ministry in New York. And he had all of these prophetic words and all of these people were coming to him going, I see you going to New York. I see you going to New York. It's going to be awesome. Well, he gets to New York and what happens is the bottom falls out. Like terrible persecution. Everything that he thought, the way that it was going to go, nothing went that way. And so he's like, what is happening? And so instead of just continuing to try to make something happen, he just pressed into God and began to fast and pray, he and his wife. And they said, we're going to seek God. And in doing so, He was like, what is going on? And the Lord was like, this is me. There are things in your heart that you cannot take into this next season. There is things in your heart that have to go. And so as he began to press in, the Lord told him, I want you to go serve those people that are persecuting you. And I want you to clean their toilets for 12 months. I want you to go serve them. And so what it did is it just really uh, pulled the pride that was in his heart, the things that were in his heart that were unlovely that God was putting his finger on. And I love that because his, he, as he was saying, I wasn't going to let this wilderness season pass me by because it, it came at such a price to me and my family that I had to say to myself, I'm going to learn everything I need to learn in this season, and I'm going to get it so that I can go on afterwards. Amen? Number two, you want to seek God's perspective, his voice, and his face. Oh, wait a minute. Here, I want to give you a scripture for don't work harder, pray harder. It's Psalm 78, verse 40. Um, do you have it up there? I have here something. It, was, it revealed that Israel provoked God in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. And what happened is it limited the Holy One of Israel at, because they did not remember his power. So during the time of wilderness, instead of seeking them, what did they do? They had a pity party. It was a 40-year pity party. But but he, he, what he's saying is that because of that, it actually limited God's power. Because they didn't remember that it's the power of God, not by might, nor by my spirit, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, are we going to live this life? All right, so number two, seek God's perspective and his face. Revelation um, chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, meaning they remembered God and the word of their testimony, and they didn't love their lives unto death. They weren't trying to survive. They weren't like, okay, I just need to hold on so that I can live through this. I just need to survive. I need to go around and I need to try to look at all of the ways that I cannot feel pain right now. Or I can go ahead and let go. I had a good friend tell me one time, look, if you're holding on to a two by four and somebody's trying to take it from you, you better just let it go or it's going to get really painful for you. Let go. Get God's perspective. Number three, you need to repent. 
Job 42, uh, verses 2 through 6, Job finally came to the realization after he'd had these conversations with God, and God began to say, uh, I'm pretty sure that I'm the one that tells the oceans how far it can go. Try to beat that. So Job says this, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I do not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. And he says this to God, listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer me. And his response was this, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Guys, I'm telling you, when God begins to put a finger on something in your heart, if you'll allow the wilderness season to reveal and uncover this, trust me, you will be so sad with what you see going on in your own heart that you'll be like, I can't even believe that's there. And I didn't even know it. I'm sorry. I repent. And number four, rejoice when others use, persecute, and hate you. When others put you into the wilderness because they are being used to promote you. God is going to use the people that are the closest to you to get you to the place where you need to go. So when your family members come for Thanksgiving and they hurt your feelings, I'm telling you, you should rejoice because what happens is you're being promoted. When you begin to get hemmed in on every side, what happens is God is using these people and these circumstances to get you where he needs you to go. Matthew 5.12 says this, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So I saw this quote, and I can't remember who said it, but I, I really thought it was um, appropriate. When you seek God and meditate on his goodness, how he's promoted you, vindicated you, protected you, not only will faith rise in your heart, but that attitude of expectancy is what allows God to turn things around. And so as you begin to focus on Jesus, he's going to remind you of who he is, of who you are, and the things that you need to leave in the wilderness and not take into the next season. Because the truth is, what you overcome, you will have authority over. If you try to survive, the circumstances will revisit you because what happens is it's already in you. But if you overcome, then the things that are visiting you and the circumstances, you will now have authority over these things. And they no longer have a place in you. Therefore, the next time they come and try to visit you, you're like, uh-uh-uh-uh. There's nothing here. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to get in fear. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to manifest. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to get in depression. I'm not going to let these things touch me because they have nothing in me. They're because I've already overcome them.
Amen? All right, so um, we're going to talk again about this next week. We're going to talk a lot more about just the, the process of the wilderness and how to be blessed in the wilderness season. Does that sound good? All right, well, let's stand, and I'm going to pray over you. Well, Father, I just thank you for, um, I thank you for this, this season that we're in, that we're in a season of thanksgiving, God. We're in a season of, of blessing. Father, I thank you that this is a season of remembering you and, um, and that, it, that, that Jesus and the remembrance of Jesus is so heightened in this time, God. I pray, Father, that you would give us a supernatural awareness of everyone that's around us. Father, that, that as we go out into the malls, as we're doing shopping, God, as we're spending more time in restaurants, Father, as we're spending more time with our family, God, I pray that you would help us to be supernaturally aware of your spirit and how we can bless other people. God, you called us to be a people that are blessed so that we can be a blessing. And Father, I just ask you, even for those today who are in a wilderness season, God, would you begin to show them and give them the power, the supernatural power, God, to begin to to seek your face in this time, to see what it is that you're doing, God. Would you give us a revelation of your goodness? And I ask you, God, that in this season that we would fall on the rock, that the rock would not fall on us. So we dedicate ourselves, God, to seeking your face with our eyes, seeking your voice with our ears. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, all right, love you all. Bless you. Have a great day. If you've been inspired by this message, we invite you to partner with us by visiting storehousedallas.com forward slash give.